Hello, welcome back to the Fully Living Podcast. I'm your host, Rex. And this is episode 97. So three more away from 100, which is exciting. Not really. Wow. We get to 100, then we go to 101, but so ninety-seven. We have 97 episodes, 45 minutes each episode. My God, we talk a lot. For yeah, average forty-five, maybe some of the hour. <laughs> well, that's crazy. <laughs> but, that's um, nuts. Yeah, ninety-seven. There's a lot of stuff that we talked about, and we can probably get canceled. But you know, it's true. <laughs> it, yeah, is it, is. True. <laughs> it is what it is, though. It's yeah, one of those times you know? we haven't gotten canceled. You're not doing it right. Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie. I say this all the time, man. Uh, with the podcast, I might have said something in episode one that I don't believe in episode 100, you know? That's growth, though, brother. Real talk. Real yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, let me introduce the guys. So, uh, to my virtual right, I have uh, Mr. Mister Beyond 9 to 5, Shumli. All back, everybody. How's it going? Good to be back. <laughs> um, and... To the right of him, I have uh, Brother Ozzy Flozzy. Yes, yes, you're in the house. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we have a topic this week, which is, uh, what do you call it? We kind of had an argument, not argument, uh, yeah, an argument a little bit, you know? It was, it was, um, it was about, it was about, um, like, buying a house versus renting and uh, like getting other investors. Am I am I right, somebody? Am I am I getting this right? Uh, basically, yeah. Basically, the question that uh, I don't I don't know how it came up, but uh, like, is it better to buy a house or rent a house? Comes down to that. Yeah, basically. So, is it better to buy a house or to rent a house? And um, yeah, I guess we can get started. But we, it, it kind of got like it. It kind of got a little heated. Not heated. Eh, yeah, yeah, heated a little bit. So. No, it's just like you know, people had different beliefs. You know, what I'm saying like with it, when it comes to this stuff, like obviously, like as you grow older and stuff like that, like houses and businesses become like genuine, like things that people start to consider and think about, right? Uh-huh. So it's like these kind of conversations become a little bit more more relevant. You know, what I'm saying. I'm actually, it's, I, I've never had a conversation with you guys about either buying a crib or a business. So this is like improvements, you know what I'm saying? Having said yeah. that though, you know, Shumli, Mr. Beyond 9 to 5, good friend of mine, you know, he's, uh, alhamdulillah, actually one of, uh, an owner of a very good business. May Allah bless it for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My guy obviously was on the side of, yo, it's better for you to rent. And if you're going to rent, it's better for you to invest. And that would give you a better, like, uh, I guess like better return on your money or near on your, on, or on your investment than purchasing a crib, which, you know what I'm saying? For me, obviously like I was like on the other side of the house side, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to invest in a crib one day. So we ended up yeah. getting into a pretty, pretty like heated conversation. So Shumli, like, mashallah, like he's, he's uh, very well versed in this stuff. So I was going to give him the floor just so he can set the table, like what the discussion is going to look like. So uh, yeah, bro, give him a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Just to summarize, I guess what both of you guys said. So obviously, the couple of weeks ago, we got into a little discussion about renting or buying a home, and uh, you know we had people from people pick sides. You know, it's better to buy, better to rent. The first thing I like to preface this discussion with is, um, as people who are born Muslim, right, 
um, a little different than converts coming into Islam. We don't always question everything that we're being told or taught, right? Mm-hmm. Never, we never have that attitude of mindset, oh, you know, I'm lost, I need to find the truth. But, you know, alhamdulillah, we're Muslim, we feel like we have the truth, and that's like the biggest thing. But there's a lot of other things we go through in life where sometimes we need to question, right? So, yeah. I, like, I, uh, in the, then on that day, I think I asked, uh, you know, uh, one of the brothers there, like, have you ever wondered why they don't teach you anything about money, financial literacy in high school or, or even in university? Right? Yeah, you kind of just have to learn that stuff. Yeah, when, voice. like, right now, if you ask 25-year-old, what's the most important thing? Money, like how I manage it, how I use it, how I make it. That's what comes out of the next 30, 40 years of your life. You're going to be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Right? And have you guys ever questioned, why don't we learn that at all? Not even the slightest. Well, how come we don't even learn that? How come we don't learn uh, what compound interest is in high school? How come we don't know how mortgage works? How come we don't know how credit card loans work exactly? When you get a credit card, they have you they give you like 30 big forms with small writing. Oh, here, sign. <laughs> no one ever like explains all that stuff to you, but why? That's right. right? So like, that's that's something I like to preface discussion into before we get into it. And obviously to start off is the first question is, as a person, should I buy or rent? Right? Yeah, should I but buy the, a home or rent a home? The first thing that you think about, like when somebody asks questions, like, oh, obviously event, at some point, I want to own my own crib. Like, I don't want to be paying somebody else's rent forever, you yeah. know? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, see, see, that question itself is a problem in the question, right? Mm-hmm. The problem in the question is you feel like by renting, you're wasting money. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, what, that's what it comes down to, but that's not exactly the case, right? So I think that's, I think a lot of, there's a lot, of, a lot of different directions we can go into in the discussion. Right. Yeah. I think first let's let's break down number one, the difference and benefits between buying and rental. Right? All right. So let's start off with the first one, buying a house. What are the benefits? Right? Yeah. Number one, the biggest benefit is okay, you own the home, no one can kick you out. And uh, you know, you have a it's like it's like um it's a sentimental value in your heart, in your mind. Oh, this yeah. is my home, I'm gonna live here. And also on top of that, you have the safety of not being kicked out, right? And then you have the convenience in the space of having your home. And that's, and the last point is obviously the, the financial um, surplus Investment. you get every year when the home, not the home, sorry, when the land increases in value. So like obviously homes, they don't increase the value the land does, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the home is built maybe 30 years ago. It's not getting any better, right? It's just the land is increasing. So that's, Pretty much the benefits of adding a home. I don't know if you guys see any other, any other benefits other than those four points. Do you want to add before you go uh, to the next one? Well, I mean, I like, mean, what do you, I, what do you I would, think? I think that on, like, on, on, a, on a month-to-month basis, you're you're paying less, no? Like, after you pay, your, you you purchase the crib, like... Yeah, I mean, like, fi- I mean, like, financial surplus. You, you're you gaining okay. more financial. Once you own the home, you're gaining more. That's why, that's why I see, like, like, we're talking about, okay, Osman Ali owns XYZ home. You know, and, and and that's that's that like that's those are the four things he's feeling, right? Mm. In terms of positive vibes. Okay, okay, right? class. I got you. Okay, that's, and that's then the other side. another benefit would be uh, just you leave something behind for like your your, your progeny, right? I'll say that's something else. Like your children yeah. and whatnot, something passed down. 
Yeah. So if you fully own the home, obviously, uh, yeah. when you, uh, I see when you pass away, your children will take pieces of the home. And that can also be a negative, right? They fight over the home. They, um, you know, that one guy wants, like, a lot of, a lot of these problems actually happen uh, when people own homes. The parents die. One kid wants the home. One kid wants to sell it. The other kid wants to, again, that, that can also be a problem. But in general, I see what you're saying. That's also a benefit where the wealth is uh, transferred down. Mm-hmm. Can't you yeah, just yeah. write it in your in, in your will? Like what, what you want to do with that? Yeah. Well, like, but then uh, again, like if the house is worth like let's say yeah, but remember, remember Islamically, we as Muslims, mm-hmm. you can't delegate how much of the home is delegated to each other. Islam already tells us that, mm-hmm. right? The the will is already written for us, and that goes into uh, inheritance stuff like that. As Muslims, we can't we can't say I want. Uh, you know, this uh, girl child to get more than this other girl child or this other boy child, right? The, the inheritance laws are already written. So we can't really stipulate you know, just because uh, this uh, girl, you know, if we feel like she was, you know, she, she was uh, a better child to me, she listened to me more. I feel like she should get more versus the other child. That's not how it works, right? It's already are written. So you can't be, anyways, we're getting off topic a bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, that's the first point you just made. It's also transferable with. So, yeah. Okay, I feel you. Okay, and then and then the pro, I guess the you want to go to disadvantages now, of this now, or do you want to go to advantages of renting? Let's go to advantages of renting. So it's, it's I'll be honest, if it's kind of hard to see advantages of renting, but let me know before I talk. Let me know what you guys see as advantages of renting a home or apartment or whatever. <clears throat> well, you have flexibility. You can go live wherever you want, right? Like it's like you can come in and out of places anytime you want. It's a little harder with houses because when you purchase a crib, it's like you got to wait until you sell it before you can decide to move somewhere else, you know? So you're kind of stuck a bit, right? Yep. Um, so there's that. Um, renting, well, I, man, I guess you 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 get to save on the, the down payment of a crib. So you have more money in your bank account. You can play around with more money, I guess, you know? Um, invest in different places if you like. Uh, what, other, what other advantages, Rex? Uh, um, well, yeah, you're not in debt. So, so. You know, uh, yeah, like you, you don't owe a large sum of money when you're when you have when you're renting a crib. Um, it's less stressful for sure. Uh, yeah, less stressful. You just kind of pay everything one time. If you lose um, for the mortgage and whatnot, then you don't have to worry about that if you're renting. Yeah, if you can't pay rent, then like yeah. like you're losing a whole crib. You're just getting kicked out, kicked out of the yeah. spot. You know. Uh, no, at your door. Yeah, eviction notice, man. Uh, uh, you might be paying somebody else's uh, mortgage off. You know, that's a is that a ben- <laughs> that's a that's a benefit. That's a low blow. Ozzy, moving too fast. Ozzy, why are you messing oh, up? My, my, why are you messing up somebody's flex, man? I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> nah, my I'm, I'm about to get to Ozzy right now. Don't worry, let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> if you have if you have a, a cash job, you can go make your house in eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually you're actually gonna edit that all time. Yeah, those great guys I know. They have paid eighty dollars for rent, but they have cash jobs. <laughs> and it's, it's actually sixty seven. Chill up, man. Why are you blowing up this spot? Sixty seven dollars. Don't ask me how I know. But anyways, sixty seven dollars, yo. Okay, let's let's go to okay, let's go, go to the benefit of renting. Right, there's a lot. Sham cookhouse meals, fam. What? Real talk, fam. 
I like the fight. <laughs> okay, anyway, number yeah. one, as Ozzy said, um, flexibility of moving whatever you want. Right? The other thing people are not looking at, you have no value fixed in the house. You have no equity, no down payment. People see that as a negative, but it's actually a positive meaning. That same money, because we're assuming Osman Ali, same person who's renting now, now the person who owned the house, he had 600,000 $600, equity in the house. Now he has 600,000 cash in the bank. But now he's renting, right? So, so we, have to be, we have to be real when we make the comparison. So the, again, there's no down payment stuck in the house so you can use, invest that money, use it for whatever you want. You can buy a Lambo or you can invest in stocks, but you have that money. Um, not tied into the house, right? Also, another big point is you're not paying any um, property tax, any no real estate taxes. It's also a big expense every year for a homeowner. You know, depending on where you live, you can pay between five to ten thousand uh, per year? month uh, oh, per, per year, per year, sorry, per year, per year, mm. per year, and depending on the value of your house, right, and where mm-hmm. you live. And also you have like, you don't have to pay no maintenance, no repair bills. So when you own a house, sometimes all that kind of stuff comes up uh, here and there. Mm-hmm. And just off the top of my head, obviously we talked about flexibility. Um, you don't really care the, you know, the value of your property, if it's going up, it's going down. COVID comes, uh, you know, pandemic comes sometimes, no one wants to move downtown. The value of the house is going down now, right? That's, that's a big stress for people. You know, they buy the house. Someone bought their house last year for 700,000. You know, in the midst of COVID, maybe it's worth six eighty. They lost twenty thousand dollars. Are you living? In, you renting? You're not thinking about that. Um, and then uh, obviously, then there's insurance you have to look at, right? <laughs> Way lower insurance costs by renting than uh, owning a home. As oh, well as yeah, yeah. Also, labor like you got to repair. So there's a lot of lot, lot of costs you're saving, right? And then um, and also the so basically to sum it up. Basically, you're saving money in uh, several different ways, right? You have more flexibility, which is very, very, very key. The big thing, right? And then also the 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 mental stress freeness of not uh, owning a home. Also, this is a pro and a con, right? So we'll look at both uh, options. So that's basically the pros and cons. And I think going into this pros and uh, the pros level uh, pros uh, discussion. Most people would be thinking that, you know, the pros are heavily on owning a home. But now you guys can see is, uh, you know, it's almost level field right now between the pros of owning a home and the pros of renting. So now I guess that's a battle will be decided between the cons of uh, owning versus renting. Let me know so what you how many, Do we count how many pros we had for house? I think we said five in total. Yeah. And then well, I guess renting maybe probably five as well, if not more. Okay, so five. So let's say dead, dead, dead center split five, five. Yeah, five, five. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to obviously, all, yeah, obviously those pros are valued at different <coughs> proportion to different people based on the the life you live, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's go more into uh, the cons now and see where we're at. So with the cons, I want one of you guys to go off with the cons of buying the houses. Osma, you can start off with the cons of renting. The cons of renting? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, cons of renting is obviously you have no equity in a crib. It's like there's no resale value. You're, you're, you're basically at the, the whim of whoever owns the crib, right? They tell you you cut, you have to cut. You know, at the end of the year, you got to leave, you got to leave. Like 
you, you don't have a stable place of calling something home. You know, it's something you're renting, right? That's number one. Uh, two, uh, another con of, uh, of renting is, um, you know, it's funny, actually, you know, a lot of people like to say that, you know, with, with, uh, as being a Muslim, like taking on a mortgage is, is obviously something that brings about interest, which is haram. Yeah, somebody could also say that you're paying somebody else's mortgage off. So you're part of the same, the same monster, you know? So you're not like that person's still not exempt, you know, from, from interest per se. Right. And that, I'm I'm opening up a, a door to a whole nother uh, discussion, but let's, let's not go down that rabbit hole, rabbit hole. But that's a con for sure, is that, you know, you're still part of this whole same system. Um, uh, th- uh, two or three, three. Um, what other cons do you guys see? Like, I'm trying to just like think like off the top, to be honest with you. But I know uh, there's a few of them. Cons of renting. Well, I I would say mental, uh, mental like, stability, meaning... Uh, if you can't make rent next month, they'll kick you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a big oh, thing. Meaning, it's not your, it's not your property. You can no one can tell you. Uh, right, that's a big, that's a really big good point. Oh, yeah. There's no. I guess I don't know if paying. Well, yeah, I just kind of said it, but like your money is just dead. Like you're, you're just throwing the money, and it's not doing anything for you other than just keeping the, like keeping you in the house. It's not going to do nothing yeah. for you in the future, type thing. You also have no flexibility because it's not your crib, so you can't do different renovations. Yeah, you can't renovate. You can't. You got You get what you get. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, uh, what else? I think yeah, but to be honest, I think the biggest thing is like you being at the whim of the person renting to you. Because if they say, "Yo, I want to move in," like you gotta, you gotta get the hell out. <laughs> this this happened in uh, Ottawa. I read a story uh, yesterday. Where um, the, the, there's a house owned by a Saudi embassy uh, official, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he told the family, "I'm gonna move into the house in two months. You guys gotta go." And by law, by Canadian law, that's uh, that's you're able to do that if you own the home. That's one of the reasons you can make your tenants leave is if you want if the owner wants to move in. Mm-hmm. And what happened is those people left, and then the owner sold the house. He didn't even oh. move in. He sold the house, right? Mm-hmm. And then now those people are suing uh, that guy. And you basically, more of the story is basically those guys, all the owner have to say, I want to move in, and then they have to leave. That's yeah, crazy. That's, but you see, like, that's 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 a big thing, though, for renting. Like, it's like when you own your own spot, like, you have say, right? Like, you're, what you're, you have control over what happens with the space, right? When you're living in a place and you don't have control over it, man, like, that's like, it, it can become frustrating or annoying depending on the type of landlord that you have, you know? So it's, 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 it gets a little tough that way. Um, so that's definitely a con. Uh, another con is, oh, I know there's a few of them, man. Um, it, it, it really is about control, but let's say there's something that needs to get fixed. It doesn't get fixed until like, you know, your, your, your landlord says, okay, I'm putting money into this. But if my, if my boy says, yo, listen, you, you got to thug it out for the rest of the month. I don't got the money for it right now. Halas, like you're kind of like stuck, uh, you know. Pay your payments never stop. Like you know when you eventually stop when you have a crib. It's mm-hmm. ongoing. It's ongoing. Another expense. Uh, yeah, rent rent's always rent's gonna go up eventually. Like even if you have a good landlord, at some point it's gonna go up. Yeah. So inflation, I guess, is that the right word for it? I'm not too sure. Or uh, so, so Rex, let's summarize all the points we have now. So we said uh, number one. Um, like it's uh, being at the whim and desires of your 
so your landlord, mm-hmm. right? That's number one. It's a big one. And number two, um, being, uh, I guess, uh, having to, what do you say the cost of renting was? Um, the con- uh, yeah, rent goes up. Uh, rent rent you, increases. Your payments never stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't renovate or like personalize the home. Uh, you can't. I'm trying to think, what else did we just say? Yeah, like uh, mental mentally, you're not, you're never gonna be, like you can no. be stable, but you're not gonna have yeah. that real stability. Uh, no equity in the home. Your money's yeah, gone. You don't own. You don't own anything. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. Those are some good um, points you made there. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to the cons of owning a home. Right. So I think number one is the obviously the the um, large amount of money you have in getting them. And obviously most of the cons of associated with owning a home is how you get the home. Right. No one is saying it's bad to own a home if you get it like just like that. Right. You pay right uh, or almost all the cons are there are a couple of cons with uh you know actually having the home, which are very minor, which you know don't don't even make sense to not buy the home because of those cons. But the the journey or the process to get that home, that's the big uh, problem with uh, buying homes, right? Obviously, there's a big, big discussion on mortgages, um, interest rates, all that stuff. I think we can, we can call that one big con right there. Mm-hmm. And the second con is actually making those payments, buying the home, the stress you go through to make those uh <clears throat> monthly payments, the loans you have to make, the feeling of living with a loan, someone on your neck, you know, they, uh, they're demanding their money back from you, that whole uh, <clears throat> stress, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a similar stress of, I guess, not similar, I'll say it's a worse stress, you hassling to pay your, pay your landlord that 1600 versus you hassling, you know, making a mortgage because, you know, if you miss three mortgage payments, they take your house, something like that. Right, so there's, oh. there's, there's, a, there's a, I would say there's an equally or even more intense fear of missing payments when on the journey of owning a home. Again, once you own the home, you're not making payments. It's a different story, right? But we're talking mm-hmm. about more the journey to get the home. Then you got to talk about like things like assignment finances, options, and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. But even, even I'm saying, even if you get a halal loan, it's still a loan. Right, we're talking yeah, about yeah. There's not, still the stress of a like loan. Yeah, like if you're getting a haram mortgage, it's, it's no, it's a no-brainer. Don't get the house unless you're in a specific, you know, crazy situation. That's that's mm-hmm. different, right? But I'm saying obviously, if you can't find a halal loan and you're like you don't need the home, that's like a no-brainer. But we're talking about say you say you secure the halal financing, you know, is this a good option or not? <laughs> right. Um, so I think let's, let's just jump right into the discussion now. So what I feel, what Osman said, again, the one before I start, um, obviously I'm not, I'm not no financial expert. I'm not exactly qualified to advise, to be advising people, you know, buy a home or not, but this is just so we're all of us, we're just having a discussion on how yeah, we it's feel. Yeah, a general, general conversation. Yeah, when I'm not telling you guys, okay, buy a home, don't buy a home, it's entirely up to you. But this is like, uh, you know, a couple of brothers who grew up in Toronto. You know, we lived our life in high school, college, where have no experience in our lives, and this is how we feel about, you know, buying the home, how the home buying system is, and um, the pros and cons of it. 
<laughs> so me personally, I don't think I will ever buy a home unless I have the cash to buy it in full. Right? Mm-hmm. The reasons I say that is number one, is more associated with the cons of buying a home than the pros of renting a home. Right? Meaning I'm more fearful and you know I, I don't like the cons of of uh, the journey to own a home. Oh, it's like bigger cons. Yeah, the cons are bigger than the than the, and then for the, for those for those reasons, that's why I'm not doing it. It's not because I'm happy with the pros of renting. It's just that the the cons of like that journey to own a home are too severe for me to uh, take them on to own a home. To summarize, right? So basically, the the cons. Yeah, so you you'd rather have the 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 disadvantages of renting than have the disadvantages of owning a home. Yeah, and I think what I really always to come at me right now is, I think <laughs> he feels that the cons of owning a home are worth the pros of owning the home. Yeah, like I I think it's just like it's about how you value it, right? Like when you're purchasing a crib, if you're looking at that like it's a business deal, then fam, like there's a lot of ways to justify that it's not the best way of making money i mean bro like a house is somewhere you live it's not a business it's not something that you're making money off of i i think the plus with purchasing a crib is that hey you know what you might get a little bit more money back from an inflation from inflation which is great who, who doesn't want that but i think the main premise behind purchasing a crib is to have like a home that you own which is your own and for your family and that you can enjoy it you know like the value of having your own crib that's something that can't be understated right and it's like if you're going to come at this with like a business lens and make it seem like this is a business transaction. And in a way it is, yeah, if you're so making the, it seem the, like that that's what thing, it, all of it is. It's like, that's, I think that's the wrong lens to be looking the, at this from. Yeah. The thing is that like the, remember we said, um, when we did the points, <coughs> I'm not, I'm not coming at this at all from a business lens because from a business lens, this is a no brainer call, right? This is uh there's no, no, no discussion needs to be made whether financially as a business perspective, is it better to buy a home or rent? For a business perspective, 100% rent, right? There's no discussion. We're talking about as a person, as an individual, is this, is this a good decision for you to rent or for you to buy, right? Well, so uh, yeah. the, the, main, the main point, I guess, that everyone feels like is the main uh, advantage of owning a home is <clears throat> you feel like, you know, you have your place. It's, it's a sentimental feeling. You come down to it, right? It's an emotional feeling that you feel that you know, I have I have a place to live and I can stay, and I'm comfortable here, and no one's gonna kick me out. And that's one of the biggest, and that's a very big um, benefit as well in life to have that ease in your heart. That, okay, you know, I'm here, I'm good. No one's gonna come kick me out. Right? I, I, I definitely I, I, I agree with you 100. percent But I'm saying it, I'm not saying that's the biggest thing. I don't even think that's the biggest thing. But I I, I feel like that's bigger than having money. That emotional no, like, piece in your about, heart is bigger. No, than but, having, but how about how about like if you if you own a crib, like you put you put a certain amount of money down, and in a way, like the same way that you put you leave your money in the bank, like you're leaving your money in the house. So like you like I think one of the biggest things is that as like a as a father or as like a parent, I, I'm, I'm gonna, if you if you, you, you want to leave something for your family, you know, like you want to leave something, whether they live in it, whether they sell it, whatever, but that thing is there for them. You know, one I'm day saying, you can have your money in the bank, one day it could be gone, fam. Like you know, it's not like. Especially, like, look at you, Shumli. I know you, bro. We've had so many discussions, especially about money. 
money is something that comes in and out of your bank account like it's nothing because you're dealing with a lot of different things, right? So it's like it, it, when you have a house, your house is not going anywhere. You purchased it. You put the money down. It is what it is. You know, it's there. Yeah, and I, I, I get what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is when you compare that to having a piece of heart, the money doesn't mean nothing. Say it again. Sorry. Can you repeat that? Like if you go to a homeowner now, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the guy's face, how he's feeling, him having $600,000, $800,000 with equity, and if you look at him maybe 10 years ago, and him not having that, I guarantee you, having that money did not give him that piece of the heart or uh, that, that happiness he's feeling, if he's feeling it, right? He might feel, okay, you know, I have a, I have a spot now. I have a crib now, right? I have a place that I can call mine. That's, that's the feeling that's more powerful than the money. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's that feeling is what people go after for when they're buying a home. Because at the end of the day, when you're on and when you're about to die or when you get really old, you're not thinking about how much money you have. You're thinking about, okay, now I have peace of heart. I'm happy. That's what that's what really matters. That's what, at the end of the day, when people make money, earn, earn money, that's what they're all, everyone's chasing the same thing, that peace of heart, that happiness. And a lot of people feel that owning that home will give you that. That's mm-hmm. not my main point. Well, I agree with you with the financial equity that's something that, that happens, but that does that that feeling is not that big though, right? Yeah, if you ask, um, like I've spoken to a lot of millionaires <coughs> and people who have a lot of money, they <coughs> they tell me though after the moment I started making hundred thousand dollars a year, and maybe now I'm making two, three, four, ten, twenty million dollars a year, my life hasn't changed. I'm living the same lifestyle. I feel the same. You know, the money doesn't change my life at all, right? After a certain point, after having a certain amount of money, it's not it's not going to change your life. It's not going to change how you view life. The other smaller things, the things that give you peace of heart, that's the stuff that you know you get to give value to. It. And that's the stuff that what I'm saying now is that's why people go to own homes because they feel it'll give them that peace of heart. They're not trying to go initially. You might be thinking, okay, I'm going to go. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to make money over a certain amount of time. You know, I'm trying to do it for money. At the end of the day, people who do it just for money experience a lot of stress. Like, yeah, because they're that. realizing how much money is getting out yeah. every, like, if every in, randomly. Yeah, if you're going in just to achieve that happiness, that peace of heart, it's a you know it's a different it's a different game, a different story. Mm-hmm. So now I'm actually praising you. Now I'm saying you know you're right. Like owning a home, the fact that owning a home is a very you know positive thing, right? It's a thing everybody owns. But what I'm saying is <clears throat> that journey to get the home is not worth that feeling. Right, the that stress of, to get of, of getting to that point. Yeah. So yeah, like let's let's assume in a you know a make believe world, the journey to get the uh, home is completely halal. Right. Say so let's say there's a nice solution where Islamic finance is there, everything is there. Okay, you have a good solution owning the home. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's not even get into a business perspective where the that down payment you make is better invested in something else. Let's not even get into that discussion. Right? Let's get into the discussion. Okay, you're working a job. Um, you have no other way to invest the money, and you find an Islamic finance solution, right? To in, to buy a home. Right now, the question is, should you buy it? Right. Let's look at this situation before we look into the actual real life situations that are happening every day. Like in this situation, a lot of people would say, you know, it's a it's okay to buy a home, meaning. Well, now that there's no financial stress, now that there's no Islamic stress, meaning you're not you're not fearful that you're sinning, right? 
now now the burden is uh is it smart to buy a home financially and um is how's the stress going to be when i'm buying when i'm owning my home right so number one let's look at the stress aspect um even in our religion you know we make dua a lot for Allah's protection from the person uh, it's called ghalabatuddin right who has a loan above us right where we ask all the protection from that cuz that's a it's a bad feeling right? i don't know if uh, any of you guys have been in a loan before where you owe someone a large amount of money that's above your head right the thing is it's above your head it's not something you can foresee it's not something you can work two months and pay off the whole loan it's something you will do it should be something you'll be working for the next 10 15 years of your life to pay off the loan and that has an extreme effect on your life your marriage your relationship with your kids and what's the number number one reason for divorce rates in north america financial stress right so all of these, these this is a huge stress factor because as as i said as as young people were taught you know go to school get your degree move into an apartment get your dream job buy your car get married buy a home right mm-hmm. but part of that dream people don't also mention get divorced that's what's happening right that's a lot of situations that we have to talk about majority you know in minority some people might not be getting divorced but that financial stress is causing a lot of divorces in north america cuz people are getting into buying homes way too early Right, they have no business buying a one million dollar home when together as a couple you're making hundred thousand dollars a year. Right, the the numbers just don't add up, and then the mortgages just don't add up. So um, that's one thing about the the stress aspect. I can keep going on and on. I'll let you guys come in now. Let me know what yeah. you think about the whole stress aspect. Yeah, I'm not. No, yeah, I, obviously I, stress can ruin a person's life, especially. depending on how people feel about it right like uh, the difference between us and somebody else is like yo somebody might are is comfortable living in debt you know but normally the way it is like back home it's like you it's like yo if you if you want to buy something you have to pay for it, uh right away there's no scheme there's no uh thing where you can do something now and pay later like you have to pay everything right away right so um the stress of having somebody especially that much money it's like it's definitely stressful because you're like oh am i eventually going to reach this point like what happens if i don't get there right mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I, i agree with you and it also depends on person to person like how does a person deal with that with that stress right yeah but like i i also think that like stress is something that like you can easily say that it's not a good thing to have but at the same time it's like stress is what you need to to become better to push yourself you know and it's like yo like stress is what like like pressure is what makes people like grow you know what i'm saying being put in uncomfortable positions now i'm not trying to say that you should willingly and willfully put yourself in debt that's not what i'm saying you know but i also think that you should have ambitious goals i also think that you should have goals that like um might might include purchasing a crib it might be ambitious you you might be working at mcdonald's but you have aspirations to hopefully be a homeowner one day right that'll push you to like put, like to to put yourself in position to make enough money to get a crib does that mean that you have to go to school yes it does probably does that mean you have to start a business and put a lot of effort into it yes it probably does 
But at the end of the day, it pushes you to do things, you know? It's it's a it's a goal, it's a dream. Anywho, I'm not trying to say that that should be the reason why you end up taking, um, you know, buying, wanting to buy a crib. But I also think that like when it comes to purchasing a crib, there's a lot of like um, small things that we're just brushing over. First off, Toronto is like, we, we don't even have to, this goes without saying, Toronto is not necessarily the most safe, safest city, especially in the Muslim community. We know that there's a lot of gun violence and stuff like that. Me and Shami, we talked about this too off, off pod before. And he kind of said, okay, well, why don't you just rent in a nice neighborhood? I said, yeah, you could definitely do that. But usually when you purchase a crib, you're purchasing it in a nice neighborhood because that stuff isn't necessarily happening there. You're not, you're not going outside your crib and thinking, yo, I got to duck a couple bullets today. You know what I'm saying? To get to where I need to get to. You don't feel like that. That's not the feeling you have, right? And I think that honestly, it, it would do the Muslim community really, really good if, if, if we start to occupy those spaces. You know what I'm saying? Those spaces where that kind of stuff isn't even like, thought about you know what i mean and and, and it's 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 when you want to rent in a, in a in a nicer place you're still spending more money on the rent like more than you would usually spend and if you're talking about wanting to uh save money on the rent you're probably going to be on the lower end of rent and you're probably going to find yourself in a, in an area or in a space that might not be safe or be dirty or won't be very um good for your children in terms of just like space and walkability all these different things you know that you got to consider so it's like there, there, there's a lot that goes into like wanting to spend your life in a place and live and call home. If you're gonna call like a house that you rent home, man, that that landlord better be a good person. You know what I'm saying? And and that, that like there's there's a lot of like caveats and things that you got to be consider consider of. But when you own your own space, you that's what you're paying for. You're paying for the ability to do the, your own thing. You're paying for um, a nicer place. You're paying for um, living in a nicer neighborhood. You're paying for all these different things. That's where the price comes, right? So I don't know, like you can say that it's stressful, but at the end of the day, bro, if, if, if this is a sacrifice that you're making for your family, is it not worth it? Like what's what's money to for your family's happiness? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That's just the way that I'm looking at it. You know, me, I might be wrong. I may be naive too, but I'd love to hear what you guys have to say to that. Uh, I think... Like to the to the to the opposing point or like to the to the other point, like again, like when you yeah, you're creating the space, yeah, like all, all that all, all that stuff is great, uh, amazing, you know. And money at the end of the day, money is like uh, money's money's very important, but like we all know that money does not equal happiness, you know. Um, but in terms of like uh, again, life is unpredictable. Like what? why are you gonna why are you gonna lock yourself into one place or one situation or one you know like uh, like uh, ozzy or shamli like life could take you guys to another place just in general you know it could take you to like uh, and, and it can happen fast like if you get a, an opportunity to to do something that you really want and you for the right uh, again for the right amount of money like if you're renting a house you could get up and go right away but if you're owning, if you own your home and let's say the market is shaky, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're losing money. First of all, you're losing money on that home. You have the stress of like trying to get out of a, a mortgage or or like whatever, whatever you're in, you know. But as like when you have that flexibility, you can kind of just do whatever you kind of need to do, you know. And in terms of like owning, uh, I, I don't know if, we, if we're going to start this part of it yet but like in terms of like 
a lot of people's uh, argument for owning a home is like, yo, it's an investment. It's like, a, you know, something you can think. But like, if we're talking about investment, you can make money doing uh, other things. Like as somebody, as somebody said, you can invest in stock. You can just st- invest in your own business, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you guys chime I, in. I think. I think that becomes a little. Uh, Shami, are you are you with us still? You want yeah, to yeah. So I was gonna say regarding your points, you made yeah. a lot of good points. Number one, I was about acknowledging that life you need to go through stress in life to get to move forward. Right, that's definitely a good point to make. And also, you also said after that that doesn't doesn't mean jump into stress, right? So the things that the main point about what I said was that yes, you obviously have to jump into stress, but Data has shown us that most people can't handle that stress. If people are getting divorced, they can't handle that stress. If people are, you know, are get, uh, you know, uh, are um, are like committing suicide, they can't handle that stress of a loan. It's a very big stress, right? It's not like uh-huh. you're, you know, you're, you're going for, gonna go do an exam. Uh, you're facing some stress. That's a different kind of stress level than this, right? I, and also I love, to I make it, it, I love. I love it when people tell me I can't do something. I'm doing it now, 100%. Yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah. so that's a different, that's a different that. kind of stress, right? When someone says, oh, yo, you suck at ball. You can't, you, can't, you can't make the team. You know, don't even try out. That's it's a different true. kind of stress, right? But mm-hmm. versus this is this is next level. This is life change. This is like something you can't be losing sleep over. That's right. right. It's not you sleeping, sleeping in a box or sleeping on the, in, your, in your bed, yo. It's a different Yeah, but at that, that, that point, it doesn't matter if you have a $3,000 bed. You're not sleeping. Right, this is a just that, that mental that stress that we are not care for. <laughs> See? That deep yeah. that deep stress. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, also, that that, here, the other point is um just because uh the thing yeah also Ozzy made the point that you're assuming that people will be happier by moving to those nice neighborhood nice neighborhoods, right? Which some in some cases you're definitely right. right? But in my <laughs> personal experience, I'm, I'm saying safer, brother. You're yeah, not, you're not, yeah, you want to be safe because you want to be happy. physically safer. Yeah, yeah like safer. I'm physically, not oh, mentally. No, if, you, safer. if you ask me, right? If you ask me, then I grew up in Regent Park. I live in the middle of Regent Park. You know, we, I, in my lifetime, I've probably seen three or four people got get shot. You know, in front of my eyes. Brother, that's but if you ask more than you, rat, yeah. like other people like, experience yeah. something, you know. I'm just saying that. I'm saying that, but. Did I grow up happy? I believe I didn't. Did, would I grow up happier outside? I believe not. And I can, I can attest to, like, you know, Alhamdulillah. maybe I have 30, 40 friends who are very happy they grew up in that kind of area. Not to say it's the best. At the same time, I have another 30, 40 people who have lived miserable lives growing up in a so-called safe, nice area. Again, that's not, that's not to say that um, you're wrong. I'm missing that that what you the point you mentioned cannot be used in this comparison because it's a situational point, meaning it doesn't apply to everyone in all places, and it can't really be used as a like a more of a pro or con to up uplift the uh, the pros of buying a home, right? This is more of an individual in in these individual cases. Example, uh, a man he has a family he has seven kids, and that point okay buy a home. There's no questions, right? A man lives in the area, you know, where his kids are feeling threatened. Uh, you know, his daughters are being abused in the elevator on the way up. At that point, you can't afford to rent an apartment. There's no questions. Buy a home, right? No, but we're Shami, talking Shami, the general you masses. This, you lost this one. You lost okay, this go one. ahead. You're, brother, people are afraid to walk to the masjid. Are you serious? 
come on, I mean, man. but like, some they, people, you can't they, say they, everyone they, who lives in... You can't say no, injury. You can't I'm, say everyone. That nah, that I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say everyone. That's that. Just like that's extreme. I didn't, I didn't say injuries, but I there are. Say, I, I agree with Ozzy. I'm saying that there are some people who I agree with Ozzy that are afraid to walk to the masjid, but the majority are not. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but I think the point that I'm trying to make was that when you purchase a crib, right? When you when you're in a neighborhood where houses have been purchased, generally speaking, that brings and brings about a level of Assurity and safety in terms of yeah, like but what I'm you're saying paying that for. that level of safety is not the same for everybody. Meaning that level of safety is it's example for me. I'll be honest, being a brown kid reaching, living in Regent Park, I, I didn't feel that danger at all. I didn't feel like the cops were gonna harass me. I didn't feel the guys in the, the, the drug dealers downstairs are gonna say anything to me. Some drug dealers would say, you know, Salam alaikum, how are you doing? I, I actually felt safer sometimes because you know I, I got these guys downstairs, no one's gonna rob me. But like, like for me, I felt safer. Like, but I, mm-hmm. but what you're saying is, some for some people, that that element. I'm saying that element of safety. You also sometimes you're, you're saying it's subjective. Basically, you're saying yes, yeah, it's, it's subjective, and it can be used for everybody. Okay, okay. Point uh, taken. Yes. Point taken. But I, I think generally, like speaking, though, like in those neighborhoods, right? I'm saying yeah. that it might bring about a, a level of safety and assurity, even in terms of like even for petty stuff, mis things people trying to break into cribs people yes. being susceptible to like a, a stray bullet we see w- w- there are so many instances man in the hood like where people end up getting hurt and they were not the target you know what i'm saying but yeah, honestly I, I like definitely, the, I definitely these, agree with you yeah like these areas time, like, to, are, give, I mean, to give that like that 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 opportunity you're speaking of so it's probably like one in ten thousand uh situations that's happening right and to give your child that opportunity that that chance of missing that, uh, you know, that that opportunity to be unsafe or be safe, whichever way you want to put it, is it worth going through all that stress? Comes back to that. Is that benefit worth all that stress? Right. And again, we're talking about where everything's cool and breeze. You don't lose your job for twenty years. You had everything there. You had about what now? We even talk about when things go wrong while you have that home or that mortgage. And most people don't even take halal mortgages. They have that halal mortgage. Uh, they like there's all these points that we're just talking about, and my my point is right now is that even in the perfect situation, there's two sides to the argument, right? And when we leave this perfect situation, go get back to real life, where majority of Muslims are not in halal mortgages, number one, right? And majority of uh, people are struggling to make their mortgage payments. Right, struggling. Uh, the amount of houses being seized by our banks by are, are crazy. <coughs> right, and then also to <coughs> add more points to that, in real life now, in these haram loans, haram mortgage loans, the banks are charging a ridiculous amount of interest. Right, and this is the interest in the, the riba and the Quran that Allah speaks about. You know, you're going at war with Allah. This is the injustice Allah is speaking about. Where I was working with a Muslim couple, uh, you know, two months ago. They bought their house about 15 years ago for 300000 <clears throat> And they had to pay the bank almost 600000 over 15 years because interest rate, right? And this is like, that's how is that fair? Like you're putting, charging someone double money for all for the interest. And this is why it's interest is so like heavily frowned upon in our religion. It's not like any other sin, right? So these are all like all these 
the major Islamic points and uh, points um, that we didn't even get get into when it comes to buying a home in real life, right? But in just in that situation where we said, okay, everything was perfect regarding your financing, how you get the loan, you had the down payment on that. I would say that make believe situation which doesn't apply to most people it applies to maybe a small small group of people. Even in that situation, uh, there there are pros and cons. But when you really look at real life, the real situations, it's very very difficult to make it look like it's the right decision to buy a home for most people. And this also comes back to us living in the society. We're not taught this, right? It makes us question the people who are making the most money behind when people are buying homes are the banks, right? Imagine making hundreds of thousands of dollars each house, and not only once, over and over again, right? For example, someone bought a house in 1970, right? They paid $100,000 and they paid $70,000 to the bank in interest. That same home is being sold against another person. Now that person's bought the house for 300,000. Now he's paying an extra 300,000 to the bank in interest. And now the next person comes and he sells a home for 750000 and that man pays 400000 to the bank in interest. How much money did the bank make on one single home in a matter of 70 years? And multiply that by how many homes you think are in North America. It's a ridiculous amount of money giving me moved to the banks and the banks are the clear winners in this. So it makes us question, why aren't we taught the benefits of buying and renting homes in school. Why are we talk again? I go back to why we talk about interest rates in school. Why we talk about what the value of money is in school. Like it goes back all the this. We should all just sit back and question all of this. And I again. I, I agree with you. Like I, I think I think like purchasing a home definitely is is romanticized in our society. Like it's without a shadow of a doubt. But I also do think that like, um, and I think you would agree with me on this that you know if you were to make a good lump sum of money more and more than enough for like a year's worth of your rent for example right like having that money just sit is not good either right and this is another argument that i would give towards purchasing a crib over not purchasing a crib right is that uh, like shamli you're speaking from the perspective of, of of being a businessman right and i know for you personally renting works a lot better for you because bro like you're, you're always putting your money into something that could eventually bring you more money in the future, inshallah, like, you know, investments. So it's like, oftentimes people don't necessarily have that same level of business savvy as you. I know even people within our own circle, me, you, our own circle personally, they don't necessarily see things the same way you do. And they're definitely not willing to, to risk what they have right now personally to go and invest in a business the way that you do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think it's like, it's, it's less brain power if you find the right deal and you also have the right support networks in your own circle, you and your wife maybe both make money and you guys are working towards trying to pay this house off and you guys have like a system going, like something like that might actually be easier for people to follow than trying to sift around and think about, you know, where should they invest their money? Because it's not good for yeah. someone to just make money and have it sit around doing nothing either. You know what I'm saying? And I think we both would agree on that. Yeah. So I agree with you on like, um, that point where obviously uh, we, we talked about this outside of the podcast as well, that it, it comes down to a person having the financial literacy and also the discipline not to waste their savings and save it and um, put it into stocks or stuff like that, right? 
But obviously the situation that we're in, again, it's sad that we're not taught any of this in school. People don't know how to invest their money, right? You would say it's oh, like one in, one in 10,000 people understand how to increase their money outside of real estate, right? And then again, now that we're in that situation now where most people don't know. So now let's talk about the ideal situation to buy a home in, right? As a Muslim, as a young person growing up in, uh, you know, in North America, what's the ideal situation to invest? If you, if you feel like you do not have the discipline or the know-how to invest your money into a business, or you just don't have, I forgive my friends, you just don't have the balls to do it. Right, you just don't have the the confidence to invest money, and take a risk. This guy slowly kills me, yo. Rex is gonna edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they, don't have, they don't have their air. They don't have the the courage. How about that? The courage or confidence to do it. Um, <laughs> in that point, just like Osman said. Secure a halal loan, uh, preferably from your family or your someone. No, not not like someone's not going to be breathing down your neck. Because again, these halal financing companies, they're making money off you, right? Even on a, on a $600,000 home, they're making hundreds of thousand dollars off you over the home, uh, you know, the, the so-called halal mortgage. <coughs> but again, these uh, mortgage halal contracts exist. So if you want to do that, if you don't have the capability and the know-how, to save up money, right? And you want to invest in uh, into a home, then obviously do your best, save up the down payment, whatever it is now, 100,000 or whatever it is, and then buy the home in that manner. One, but just know you're going to be going through all the stress, right? And even me, myself, right? I would much rather, because I, I, I'm, I'm honestly scared of that stress because obviously my kids and my family mean a lot to me. And I'm just thinking, like, if uh, if I'm okay, again, again, if I'm okay and I feel safe the place I'm living, why would I jeopardize all of that just to gain $600,000? Or just to gain the confidence of not being kicked out of my house, right? So for me, I think about it like that. Like in a world where I didn't own a business and I was working a job, I still wouldn't buy a home because that that value, that blessing Allah has given me, you know, with my three kids and my wife, that's more beneficial to me than owning a home because I know myself and I know like the amount of stress financial loans or debt can give you. And not to mention all the other things that can go wrong, whether the loan is halal or not, whether you lose your job, I know you owe the mortgage, you lose, you lose your job, all these factors that can go wrong. And for me personally, I wouldn't buy a home, I would keep renting because I know it's, less stress to be making that, you know, that 1,600, 1,700, 1,800 a month than to overlook over the future, the next 15, 20 years, I have to have X, Y, and Z, right? I don't know if that, if that makes mm. sense to you, Osman. So there's two aspects. No, it's not it, like, it does. It's not like a right or wrong answer. It's just that you have to look yourself personally and then see. It's, it's, it's all personal. Is what do you think, right? It's what it, you it, it, but it also is, there's a lot, there's a little bit of like system yeah, I, I, here and there's the, a little bit more the, know-how, you know? Yeah, because the thing is that you, uh, I just want, I want to open everybody's eyes to the reality of buying a home. <clears throat> it's just not as simple as the, you know, as the banks in the West makes it, make it seem. There's a lot more to it. And if you're going to do it, be ready for it. You know, and put down a lot of money. 
And again, if you, if you're a person who has the financial literacy to you know, invest your money, then this definitely is not an option for you. Like I know several home investors and they, they own multiple properties, right? They own maybe three, four, five, six properties, but they rent an apartment and live in an apartment or rent a condo, live in a condo because they know that a home only grows five to 7% per year, right? If that, right? And then as their a, money- As can, opposed to what? As opposed, as opposed to, to 20, 30% as a business. With what? In, in a business, okay. Yes, in, in a business. I'm seeing these people, I'm seeing people who are doing business, those people, because I think like the the equity, the value, like the amount of money that you if you if you have six hundred thousand dollars in say Apple stock, um, or even Amazon stock, that money will make you more money. Um, example, if you had six hundred thousand at the beginning of COVID, and, and today, it would increase dramatically versus the home, and then you can pull it out easily, right? So that's it's a big difference in that. But again, as you mentioned, this is a whole different world of people who know how to invest and are willing to take that risk. But for the lay people who are not in that world, and just understand this, this is not as clear cut as it seems. And if you want to go through this option of buying a home, be ready to take on a lot of debt. Be ready for Allah to test you with your family because there's a lot of stress coming your way. And, you know, these are all like factors that you're going to be ready for. And at the end of it, yes, you might get that home. You might get that peace of mind. <laughs> and you get, might get what you're looking for. Yeah, but then you got to ask yourself that question, was it worth it, you know? Yeah, I'm saying, but the, 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 Rex, the problem is people are not asking that question. That's the biggest problem. And if you ask that question to yourself, you say, yeah, I'm good for it. Let's do it. Then Bismillah, go ahead. But if you're not, if you don't know the, all those like if you don't know like all the like you're ready when you're getting a vaccine, right? If you don't yeah. know all the side effects before you do it, a side effect happens to you. Do you feel like that's fair? No, that, that that comes back to us. Why are we taught these side effects? side effects? Why is nobody telling us? Why are they putting in that small writing on a thirty-page document? Yeah, do yeah. research. Right, that, this yeah. is something that we should really think about. Why are we not explain these things in in front? Because everyone knows, like. Again, these are like not talking about Islamic contracts. I'm seeing these these contracts with your credit cards and your car finances and all this stuff. They're Everything's haram contracts. They're haram contracts that you know are waging war with Allah, the ones that have interest, and that's why the writing is so small because they're killing you, they're murdering you here financially, right? They're killing you. They're and that's why it's so small. That's why they don't want because if they read that to you, all those words, you would walk out. But yeah, it's yeah. the whole system, the whole society is built on that regardless, right? Like, yeah, for example, and, actually, we need to, yeah, you're right, Idris, but we need to, like, wake up to that. We got to understand, you know, this is now, there's no small sin. And people nowadays are like signing these haram mortgages like it's nothing. Yeah, but yeah. of course, and people, I, and people, I, generally speaking, people are taking, like, haram mortgages, uh, going to war and stuff like that. That's not, that's not what's on their mind. I'm like, generally speaking, though. Yeah, actually, generally speaking, I'm just saying, like, yeah. without the religious aspect, like, without yeah. it being a, uh, say haram, I like someone that, again, is someone not religious, for you as a person, it's not good for you to be into that alone. Right? As a, into haram has a lot of negative effects. I and mean, this is why, like, why is, it asks why is interest haram? Right? In the first place. Because it's someone taking advantage of you for giving you a loan. And in our religion is called, uh, what's it called? Right? 
to for a for a person to give another person a loan <coughs> to buy something personal, a car or a house, is seen as very, very good deed in Islam. Right? The hadith the hadith tells us when you give a qadu hasana, 50% is counted as sadaqah. Example, if you were to loan a, a money to a friend to buy a car, you give him ten thousand dollars and then he paid you back ten thousand dollars. That money you get five thousand dollars is rewarded as sadaqah for you. Right? There's, there's, there's the a thing, lot of benefits this, to goodly loans, yeah. yeah. There's this, even this, I think there's another hadith people. that says there's another hadith that mentions uh if you give the qadim hasan hasana and the person for every day that the person has not paid you back for the qadim hasan, you you actually get the same reward in sadaqah for that day every day. And then let's say the date comes where they're supposed to pay. And let's say the person doesn't have the money and you extend the time. Then for every single time until the next date that you've set, it's times two, but you're giving times two that same amount of sadaqah is being written for you. Which honestly, like in perspective, guys, if, if, if there's a lot to say about this, but it, and just to kind of go back to another podcast that we, me and uh, B-Rex and Shamli, we had about sadaqah. That's, that's the reward for somebody giving a good loan. So you're expecting to get that money back. Now imagine you're just giving that piece of bilillah. You're doing that for the sake of Allah and you're giving the money away and you're not expecting for it to come back. What do you think the reward of something like that's going to be? Of course, it's, 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 of a, it's a very, very good act. Very, very, yeah. it's, it's, even more. Like you can't. Even, that's why Allah says exactly. He says in the Quran, "Yubarifu Like He expands it to however He wants. There's no limit. Yeah. There's nothing. There, there's no limit that Allah gives to that. Anyways, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent. No, it's not but, okay for sharing that. It's a big uh, hadith and big point. And also, oh, like hey. now, now, now that we know that, like. Now we look, people are trying to make money off that. Like when you have the option to please Allah, like a noble act of helping a brother out, helping a friend out, helping a family meet, you know, they're, they're struggling, they can't find a place to live. And, you know, you're helping them out. You give them money to uh, give them a loan to, uh, you know, they move into a house. And yeah. then people are trying to make money off it. It's true. And not and just, that, not just sprinkles of money. I mean, I don't want that. Loads. Yeah. And that, that whole process is called, int- like the, in the West, they call it interest. But the actual term given to it is actually called usury. It's you're using someone. That's what it is, right? This is just going back to the same thing that Shami's saying. So you're right. Like, honestly, interest is like, it's it's really, really tough thing. But wallah, I will say this, though. And, and interest is something this whole society is built on. And it is that itself is not an excuse to go and jump into interest either. You know, a lot of people say, oh, okay, but there's interest everywhere, so let's just do it. Nah, if you think like that, then you're going to, like, what limits do you ever have for yourself? You will not have limits. You will never. And that's not a good way to live your life. However, for me, like, speaking, because I was kind of speaking for the house aspect in this podcast. I just want people to understand when they're hearing this podcast that buying a house is something you do if Islamically it allow, you're allowed to and you're able to. Without, like, um, doing anything haram. You can't be doing that. So if you can go through a halal uh, mortgaging thing or you do through Islamic finance, rent gear to pay, uh, uh, own, like there's a whole bunch of different ways in which you pay can the do money it. Up front. And, yeah, pay the, or pay the money up front. There's a lot of different ways in which you can do this. Those are the methods in which we were discussing, like whether it's good to do that on a, on a financial level or it, if it's worse or if it's better to, to rent. That's what we're talking about. As far as mortgages with the bank and stuff that are blatantly wrong, no, no, no. You shouldn't even do that for bigger reasons than whether or not it's good for you or not. Like, <laughs> interest and, islamically and, is wrong. Just to, add, just to add to the house, man. Like, uh, um, I guess a lot of most people who are not that too deep into Islam, 
they're hearing a lot of fatwas now that some sheikhs, you know, here and there, especially in Canada and the States, they're permitting people to take riba loans if there is a need, right? So just to clarify that to you guys. So there's a difference in opinion in um, <coughs> the, the term need, right? So this, as in Islam, there's a, uh, there's, a, there's a need and necessity, right? It's divided into two things. So the scholars, um, just to give you guys, summarize it quickly. The scholars in the European Council, they say it is permissible to buy a home whether it's a need or a necessity. Meaning, think something that's a necessity is something like food and water, right? So example, when you are in need, when you, when you need water, sorry, when, you, when you're thirsty, but you're not about to die, but you're, you're thirsty, right? You just played ball, you're really thirsty, right? And you feel like you're gonna faint if you don't, if you don't drink water, right? That's called, a, that's called a need, right? You're not gonna die, but you really need water, right? In that case, the scholars don't permit you to drink alcohol because food and drink is only permitted in necessity, right? Meaning when you're about to die, right? But the schol some scholars say interest is approved in, in a need, right? And that is a weak opinion, right? All scholars agree that you're, you're able to take interest or to, to commit the act of a riba or sign a riba contract and when is a necessity, meaning when uh, you have 10 kids and you have nowhere to live, you can't afford rent, and then you go to a, a scholar and get a fatwa, basically, and then that, 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 that will serve as your necessity, right? But some people in the West, some uh, in the West, are saying it's okay to get a house when you have a need, right? And that, as the scholars, most of the scholars who have uh, or correctly uh, give the correct opinion, that's not correct, right? That these uh, haram contracts only become halal in necessity, right? And then they give a lot of arguments back and forth. But the main thing comes down to like when uh, I heard one lecture, when uh, Sheikh was giving the argument, how about car insurance, right? Car, why is car insurance halal when it's a need? It's not necessity. You can, you're not going to die if you don't drive. Right, but everyone here are obligated to get car insurance. <clears throat> so using that that situation, he said, because people allow car insurance, I'm gonna allow mortgage. But again, it comes back down to not all sins are created equally. Meaning, some some sins are more severe than others, and riba is one of the major sins in Islam. Right, insurance is from it's called a sin called gharar, meaning um unpredictability, meaning that that's a different type of haram. It's definitely a sin, but it's not at the same level as riba, right? Riba, as you know, the, the, the many ayahs in the Quran, <coughs> talking about the negatives of riba, the, the biggest one is that, you know, on the Day of Judgment, you'll be given a sword, a sword and a shield and told to go to war with Allah. Imagine that scene. That's how severe the sin of riba is, right? And for you to get involved in that over a need, like, how can you excuse it? If it's a necessity, if you're about to die, if you're living in an unsafe neighborhood or, you know, you don't have enough money to make rent, that's something you might be able to survive. But if it's a need, if, oh, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be closer to work for me, I'm going to get a haram mortgage to buy a house, then that's a different issue. I just wanted to go over that, so because I know there's a lot of confusion out there. 
regarding a lot of uh, different shares are saying, you know, interest, sorry, mortgage, halal, haram, haram, mortgage, contracts are halal because of need, but definitely that's something you got to be very hesitant before doing. No, no, I appreciate that clarification, you know. Um, yeah, honestly, like, I guess, like, do we want to come to a, a conclusion or maybe a summary as to, like, <laughs> whether renting is better yeah. or purchasing? <laughs> I know, definitely, we're all, yeah, we're all, go, go ahead, Rex. No, I was going to say, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's our, like, these are our opinions uh, based on what we talked about, you know? Honestly, honestly speaking, I am of the, uh, I am of the mentality that you can, like, if we're talking about in terms of investment, I feel like I can, I can invest my money elsewhere. And then, like, if, if, if we're talking about leaving that for my children, I'd, I'd rather do that, you know? than uh than buy a house but like again like the peace of mind of owning your home is also like you know so it's like yeah I'm, I'm 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 not gonna lie i'm still at a crossroads I'm, I'm leaning more towards uh renting and investing elsewhere that is my uh that is my 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 i would say if i had to pick one i would pick that one but to be honest man like for us like if you take out a mortgage right now and whatnot it's like you're paying what your mortgage let's say it's Roughly like fifteen hundred, two thousand, whatever it is. To be honest, you're gonna be spending majority of your life anyway just paying that off. So it's, it's yeah. like not gonna end up really reaping the benefit of having that house to, to like maybe like you're in your fifties or sixties. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Again, it the, also depends on yeah. where like where you buy the house. Just we're we're speaking in terms of Toronto, where houses are like a million millions two, of like, dollars. Right? Yeah. yeah, you know, you can go somewhere else, and the houses aren't that expensive compared to compared to um compared to here, right? So like. Yeah. But even if, still, if some, yeah, it still take out like at least 15, 20 years to pay it off. Then it's like, you're, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you I know, you have to. How about, okay, let me, let's, let's, uh, I have one more point to ask. Okay, so like, let's say I don't, I don't want to rent forever, but I don't want to do a mortgage. Like, is it, what about, how about it's saving? Called, huh? It's called a shelter. If you don't want to pay rent, you don't want to own a home. <laughs> no, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm saying like I'm, like I'm gonna pay rent or whatever, <laughs> but I don't want to pay forever. But I also don't want to do like sign the deal with, to do a mortgage. You know, how about like just saving up money for like tw- let's say saving up money for twenty years to to be able to buy the house right out. You know, Rex, how about I give you a better situation? Yeah, and this yeah, is yeah. what a lot of uh, business people are doing, right? So they're, they're, they, they, they like you. But the thing is that you, you're going to have to pay rent forever. Meaning, example, even if you own a home, you're paying, rent, you're paying rent metaphysically. Let me explain. When you own a home for $800,000, right? If mm-hmm. you were to rent that home to somebody else, they would be paying you, say, $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. That means that is your opportunity cost. You're losing $2,000 a month or you're paying yourself $2,000 a month. <clears throat> if you look at it, it means you're losing out on XYZ money, right? So you're not, yeah. it's not like you're, you're, not, you're not perfectly, you're still paying to live somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like you're paying yourself kind of thing. If you think about it like that. So it's not like you're totally free. So you're still paying a rent in a way, but this time you're losing opportunity costs. But when you live mm-hmm. in a, and also on top of opportunity costs, 
your house is increasing at a small rate. That's a different issue, right? But again, for you, so like what my goal is for me personally, because I'm like, okay, I'm in a position where I can make a down payment for a house and move into a house if I wanted to, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that because my goal is to save up more money and let my investments go into stocks or different businesses that will pay my rent for me. Meaning, Rex, if and if in five years you can save up hundred thousand dollars, and you invest that into um, some stocks or a business, and that business produces you a profit of two thousand dollars a month, your investment is paying your rent for you. Oh. So you're not paying rent; your investment is paying rent for you, and. This is how people like get up quickly because they invest more and more into business. Now these businesses will give you more money than that house will give you. And even though you know, oh, you don't own that apartment you're living in now, you can move into a penthouse condo, a really nice place. You could pay ten thousand dollars a month in rent, but your businesses, your stocks, are paying that rent for you. And yeah, so you're not really paying these, anything out of pocket. These are, these are what these uh, big investors talk about doing. They invest their money into different condos different uh, houses, different businesses. And those things, you know, the guy will say, okay, I, I seen a video, a guy named Grant Cardone. He will say, okay, you know, these houses just bought me a jet. He bought a $100 million jet. And he said, I bought this off real estate investment, meaning, <clears throat> and this is a guy who preaches Grant Cardone. He preaches not not uh, not living in the home you own. Right? He preaches investment. He owns like the two, $300 million worth of real estate. And he doesn't own own the home he lives in. Right? He rents. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of goal. Like you, you can get to that, you know, that that way where okay, your investments are paying for your rent and more. Right now, you can live yeah. in a very lavish house. You'd be driving a Lamborghini. The Lamborghini is costing you two thousand dollars a month. You know, my investments covering that. Right. So that so the 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 roof is there's no roof in, in this way of method. But when you buy a house. There's literally a roof and metaphysically a roof too, meaning you can't get past a certain point with that money because that money is stuck at that $700,000 stuck in that business. But if you were to invest in something else, um, yes, it might not be as safe, but the ceiling is much higher. And just to give you an example, if you were to, if you had say, uh, you know, say moment it's uh, 2015 and you mm-hmm. had $50,000 in the bank, right? In 2015, you could put down payment for that house or you can invest. If you bought Apple stock, Amazon stock, Tesla stock, sorry, Tesla stock, or if you bought Bitcoin, today, that money will easily be worth $100,001. That money would have doubled, right, today, or even even more than that. And Bitcoin more than that. Bitcoin yeah. would have been times 20. Okay, let's say that's a, that's a million I'm looking dollars. at... I'm looking at Amazon stock. I, I want to get the exact number. So you said you invested <laughs> so look at like Amazon stock. I'll, I'll, let's tell you right now. Let's look at it right December now. December 2015 is it's $640. And what's the stock price today? Uh, stock price today is $3,162. So that increased in an increment of 2600 right? Yeah, 2600 Okay, so so at $500, if you invested $20,000, you'll be able to buy... Two two thousand stocks, right? Two thousand yeah. times five hundred is uh, no two hundred. No, sorry, it's two thousand. Yeah. Now do now do two thousand times twenty six hundred dollars. Five million, five point two million. 
<laughs> but that's, that's only if you bought the Amazon stock, all right? Yeah, and it's see, only Amazon. Forget Amazon. Forget Amazon. Say a different regular stock, right? Let's, let's pick um, uh, like a very safe stock is called NASDAQ. Okay. Right. Nasdaq. Nasdaq. Uh. Okay. Five years ago, it was at four thousand nine hundred and thirty-three. Now look at the stock price today. It's twelve thousand four hundred and sixty-four. Yeah. So you made fourteen thousand dollars. Right. This uh, is considered a. This is considered a safe stock. Nasdaq. Yeah, so if I put if I put fifty k, uh, um, fifty that that fifty is ten stocks, right? Five yeah, fifty thousand is, is ten. Yeah, ten stocks basically. So you ten times the profit of ten times seven thousand dollars. That's seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. And this Nasdaq is a very safe stock. Look at the yeah. history; it's been increasing slowly over time. Slowly, yeah, yeah. Like right. established like if you look at the stock between yeah. Apple, Amazon, like all ten years ago and yeah. stuff like that. Now is is automatic increase because the stock market at the end of the day is more safer than the like property uh market, right? No, 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 day, no to be honest, the stock the stock market is it's more stable in the sense yeah, where some stocks if you invest in like Nasdaq. I'm not talking about penny stocks and like like these random yeah, like safe stocks, like safe stocks, yeah. Like like Walmart, Costco. Yeah, like established like companies, right? Established companies. Like if you increase yeah. it, you see like how much money it's increasing in and in when you invest in that and like you know like in in an ideal world, we should have all this financial literacy about stocks, <laughs> different ways to invest in not investing in businesses. Like stocks is basically an easy way to invest in big businesses, right? When you buy a stock, when you buy $1,000, you're giving Amazon $50,000 to use to get the company to become bigger. And when the company becomes bigger, they share the profits with you. That's what you're doing. So on a smaller level, you, you know a friend opening up a pizza joint, right? You tell them, okay, yo, I'm going to loan you $20,000. let us do this, right? And then for that, that money, now you let them $20,000, the amount of that, so like say that pizza store is owned is worth $100,000 when they open, right? So now you own 20% of that pizza joint. So every year, that guy gives you 20% of the profit that pizza joint makes or whatever you guys agree to. Right? It doesn't have to be 20%, but whatever he agrees to, right? So that's another way of investing if you don't want to buy a home, right? So again, yeah. you can see the upside to investing if you know how to do it. And again, yeah, the sad part right, is yeah. that there should be courses out there. We should be like in the Muslim community teaching people how to invest, teaching youth how to invest. We should be going to the hood. We shouldn't be having camps about basketball, camps about soccer. We should be having like, you know, people on, on uh, people in lecture halls giving lectures about how to open a stock, a stock broker account, how to invest, how to save money, how to not waste money, mm-hmm. right? This, is, this will change around the whole generation. You, you can see like, you know, like if you knew all this stuff, you'd wish you saved every penny from 2015 to now to just go on the offensive. Right, that's what like I heard one of the, a guy named uh, Gary Vee, he's very famous. He was saying for with, uh, for the past you know 10, 15 years, all he he would li- he would live in his apartment with his mom, right? He wouldn't buy a house, but he was saving money, saving money, not partying, not watching movies, not watching Netflix, not watching basketball. He was just working, working, grinding, saving, 
and staying on the grind and low. And then once he saved up $100,000, $200,000, he went on the offensive, he started investing, and then he became a multimillionaire in that way. So like for you, Rex, you just got to be on the grind, keep working hard, keep saving money, and the opportunity will come for you to go on the attack, being offensive. You know, mm-hmm. that's when you invest through this, make your moves. Inshallah, you know, in our religion, business is barakah, and you will see yeah. your money grow. As yeah. long as you sell the At the end of the day, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, yo, if you can invest your money, like, wait five years, and you you do, you do, let's say stocks. Let's just, let's just, we're talking about stocks. Yeah. Like, you can, you can, if you are smart enough with that money, you can eventually just, like, buy a crib right out. Exactly. And then you get that yeah. land, and then you and then you get the best of both worlds. Everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah. You can move it. Move it beside us. Move it beside us, man. We buy that. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest L's I have ever took in this life that I lived is I heard about Bitcoin. I think in 2012, 2013, when it's about I'll say like ninety or hundred dollars, and I said, ah, yeah, that's it's not gonna blow. A lie, else. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you? Well, what if I told you? Uh, 2012, 2013, I was on YouTube. I was on YouTube so heavy that um, I signed up for Bitcoin. And I think they gave me like, like so early on, like literally so early on. And I'm like, yo, I think they gave me one free one or something. <laughs> and when Bitcoin was going crazy, I, I searched every single email that I ever had to look for that one Bitcoin. I couldn't find it. Bro, imagine I bought at least like, let's just say 10. I put like a bag, a thousand dollars in. <laughs> I'll be laughing right now. Been rich, man. Not rich, but you know, could I at least put a buy house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, when Bitcoin came out, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, uh, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, when Bitcoin came out, it was um, yeah, like where you, where you said it was a couple hundred dollars, right? I remember looking at the, the charts at uh, one time, I think it was last year, the year before, one Bitcoin was almost $28,000. At one point, it was like 40000 It was crazy. And then, but the thing is, that after that point, it crashed. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. on the rise again right now, though. It's on the rise again, right? But I'm just saying, like, again, Bitcoin is like a highly um, high-risk high uh, investment. Yeah. Like, again, a lot of, some, some scholars even say it's haram to invest in Bitcoin, but... Uh, Thing, uh, different, uh, uh, I guess, different arena, different ball game. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. To go on your point, at stocks, yeah, you're right. You can buy a home outright just by, uh, you know, saving money that way. Yeah, but well, uh, and again, nope. I, I have to plug myself in. Of course. Inshallah, in um, starting <laughs> January, February, we'll be uh, we'll be releasing a course called "How to Hustle Like a Muslim." where we'll be teaching financial literacy, um, not just Amazon, hustling on eBay, Amazon, Shopify, Walmart, uh, you know, moving stuff. Like basically how to sell, we say, we say how to sell drugs like a drug dealer, meaning mm-hmm. we teach you how to flip negotiation, uh, this, that, how to talk to customers, where to buy <laughs> stuff, how to import, export, like the whole nine yards. But you know, on, a, on a street level, like for regular people like me and you, we'll teach you how to work with money, and the goal is to give everyone that financial literacy. They need to make decisions in their life. You know, and say Bismillah, move them forward like that. Inshallah, mm-hmm. man. So you guys heard it. You guys heard it here first, man. Uh, how to hustle like a Muslim coming soon. 
Oh I checked Sham's cookouts one time. <laughs> Sham's cookouts, yeah, the best cheesecake the best. in the don't city, man. Don't stop there, Shabli. Don't stop. Keep going, man. <laughs> like, I'll talk this guy's doing a whole bunch of things. L- listen, I'll tell you guys here. Come you guys are going to hear first. Inshallah, you're going to see something coming up very soon. Right now, we have the recipe for the best cheesecake in Toronto. Already, <laughs> oh, a couple of restaurants contacted me for the recipe. I'm like, nah, B, we got to do our own thing. So right now, right now it's COVID, so we gotta keep it keep it low right now. Doug keep it on the low. lockdown. But don't be surprised when you see some uh you've seen some yellow huts of opening up around town. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so, gonna lie, guys. I had this cheesecake, people, listeners. Wallahi, it's I think it's the best cheesecake I've ever eaten in my life. And I've eaten Cheesecake Factory. So don't even come in with the energy. It well, literally I, is the best cheesecake. I cheesecake no, Factory, different countries, Wallahi. And uh, this cheesecake is way better than that. No, I hate cheesecake, but I like this one. So there <laughs> goes to show. Uh, <laughs> All right, Rex, I think, I think we got to do a giveaway on your page, inshallah. So next yeah, well, on your page, you have a giveaway. We're giving away three slices of free cheesecake. Mm-hmm. We'll give you away on your page, three different people. Let me know who it is, and then you can pick it up next Sunday or whatever. We, we, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that for the for the hundred uh, episode. Rex and Ozzy. Yeah, hundred. <laughs> That's episode. it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm with it. All right. On that note, we will end the episode here, guys. See you uh, next week.